0: Saturday marks the fifth anniversary of the historic meeting between former President Ma Ying-jeou and China's leader Xi Jinping in Singapore. To celebrate the day, China held a symposium on the matter on Friday. A similar event is to be held on Saturday in Taiwan by the Ma Ying-jeou Foundation. The DPP has criticized the KMT for defending the meeting and endorsing China's campaign to unite with Taiwan. But the KMT says it's simply an academic exchange.
1: On November 11, 2015, then-President Ma and Chinese leader Xi held an historic summit in Singapore. Almost five years later, China has held a symposium to celebrate the event's fifth anniversary. Reports say the head of the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference, Wang Yang, spoke at the event. The event came amid rising intimidation of Taiwan by China and tension in the Taiwan Strait. Taiwan's Mainland Affairs Office has said China's event is just part of its United Front
2: strategy. The KMT, however, doesn't see it that way. The Ma Xi Summit is a historical event. So no matter who the organizers are, a symposium on a historical event is a space for free academic discussion. We shouldn't sacrifice freedom of speech and free academic spaces for the sake of opposing China's United Front campaign. The Ma Xi summit held back then was about the 1992 consensus. If Xi Jinping has redefined the 1992 consensus as one country, two systems framework for Taiwan, then what's the point of celebrating the five-year anniversary? Wouldn't that be an endorsement of China's strategy to unify Taiwan by force?
1: A DPP lawmaker said the KMT was essentially endorsing China's unification campaign. The issue is not just that China wants to hold a symposium on the Ma Xi summit. Former President Ma himself is also planning to hold a similar summit through his foundation on Saturday. The event will be emceed by Ma Yingjio Foundation head Xiao Xu Chen, who
2: says President Tsai Ing-wen should also meet with Xi. Mm. A Tsai-Xi summit would be possible too. If Tsai were able to meet with Xi, it would stamp out fears of war. So why doesn't she take the Ma Xi summit as reference? Tsai could justify it, saying, The time and space are different now. We have to reaccept the 1992 consensus and re-acknowledge the Ma Xi summit. As long as the authorities in Beijing are willing to resolve antagonisms and improve cross-strait relations, while parity and dignity are maintained, we are willing to work together to facilitate meaningful dialogue. In her National Day address, President Tsai tendered an
1: olive branch to Beijing, saying Taiwan was willing to engage in dialogue as long as parity was maintained. But with China's insistence on the One China policy and its version of the 1992 consensus, a meeting between Tsai and Xi looks less than likely.
0: Taiwan has had a long history of purchasing weapons from the U.S., but some of the U.S.-made warplanes have become dated. In an exclusive interview with FTV, the head of the Veterans Affairs Council, Feng Shikuan, said that the next generation of indigenous fighter jets is just around the corner.
1: Back when I was chairman of Aerospace Industrial Development Corporation, we were already planning this. Also, I can tell you that we have even conducted wind tunnel tests already. In terms of new generation fighter jet engines, our capabilities are still a bit lacking. If we can achieve a breakthrough in that area, I think that developing the next generation of fighters will be no problem. I have already reported to the President on this, and the President places great importance on this issue.
0: Experts on communicable diseases came together on Friday at Chang'an Memorial Hospital to discuss Taiwan's past and future strategies against the coronavirus. The COVID 19 symposium was also attended by government officials, including Vice President Lai Qingde and the head of the Taiwan Centers for Disease Control. One pressing topic of discussion was Taiwan's strategy to secure COVID vaccines. After negotiation with Germany's BioNTech fell through earlier this week.
2: The COVID pandemic doesn't look ready to end anytime soon, with worldwide cases now approaching the 50 million mark, with the winter season just around the corner. What can Taiwan do to stay prepared? Chang Memorial Hospital in Linco on Friday held a COVID-19 symposium to discuss the matter. Among the attendees discussing public health policy was Vice President Lai Ching-te, is also a trained doctor. <laughs> Up till now,
1: the virus has infected more than 45.8 million people. Looking at Taiwan at this point in time, you can see we've been blessed. Our goal is to draw a summary of Taiwan's epidemic prevention efforts over the past 11 months there may be an even bigger challenge on the way. So the symposium today
2: is aiming to bring together ideas from experts and scholars to better prepare for the future. Experts say humanity has to learn to coexist with the coronavirus, especially before a vaccine hits the market. But they also warn that the release of a vaccine is not the cure-all for every problem. RNA vaccines, which seem likely to be the first to be used on humans, could come with side effects. Every vaccine will have some
1: adverse reactions. If these are within an acceptable scope and the effect is better, under these circumstances, the vaccines would still be administered to people.
2: A deal to acquire COVID vaccines from Germany's BioNTech fell through earlier this week. Experts say Taiwan may have to source its vaccines from global vaccine alliance COVAX and from domestic producers. I think that up to now, phase one
1: clinical trials have gone quite smoothly. Now, for Phase 2 and Phase 3, the trials involved tests overseas, so cooperative schemes with other countries have to be established now.
2: Experts said disease prevention was only half the battle and that Taiwan must now work proactively to acquire vaccines. The experts at the event shared their views and plans for Taiwan's path forward in the post-pandemic world.
0: A high-profile bone marrow transplant involving the first exemption to Taiwan's 2020 travel ban has been successfully completed. The patient was an Indonesian nurse who needed to bring her family into Taiwan for any hope of finding a stem cell match. Taipei Veterans General Hospital carried out the successful transplant using blood and bone marrow donated by the patient's five-year-old sister.
2: A kiss makes it all better. 23-year-old Nina from Indonesia came to Taiwan to work as a nurse more than a year ago. She went to a doctor after a protracted menstrual period of 20 days. That's how she found out that she had aplastic anemia. But now she's back to health thanks to a donation of bone marrow and blood from her little sister.
1: She was donating blood to someone of a much larger body mass, and we needed to extract 15 kilograms of blood. During that process, it was quite a hit for her vitals to lose that much blood. The biggest difficulty was her age
2: and whether she might not have enough stem cells. Nina weighs more than three times as much as her sister, which made the transplant challenging. The pandemic didn't help either. Nina's family lives in a fishing village in Indonesia. They applied to the Central Epidemic Command Center for an exemption of the entry ban and came to Taiwan in June. They were tested for COVID and to see if any of them could be a stem cell match. They did 21 days quarantine and were declared COVID-free in July when preparations for the transplant began. In August, the two sisters were discharged from hospital.
1: When I'm sick, I want to take care of it myself. I don't want to cause my family suffering. I was afraid the needle would hurt, but I wanted to give my sister blood because I wanted my sister to get well soon. Taipei
2: Veterans General Hospital presented the family with a cake to wish Nina good health. She thanked the hospital and everyone in Taiwan who helped her. It cost almost 700,000 NT to bring her family to Taiwan, which was paid in full with donations collected by the Taiwan International Workers Association. After she's recovered, Nina plans to stay in Taiwan and continue her work, providing for her family back home.
0: Tropical storm Atsani delivered heavy downpours to Gaosheng and the Hanchun Peninsula Friday, but so far it has failed to relieve Taiwan's water shortage. Areas hardest hit by the drought barely saw any rainfall, leaving farmers wanting more. Warning lights are flashing red at Taiwan's four largest reservoirs. Tainan's Baihe Reservoir is down to less than 10 percent capacity. Water levels at Miao Li's Mingde and Nanto's Usha reservoirs have fallen under the 20% mark. Meanwhile, Taiwan's largest reservoir, the Zengwen Reservoir, is at under 30% capacity. In the north, Shimen Reservoir is at under 50% capacity. Most reservoirs in Xinjhu, Miao Li, and Taichung are also on low water level alert. Taipei City is promoting English education in the public school system with the aim of making children more competitive internationally. So far, 28 schools in the city offer bilingual curricula, and plans are underway to increase that number to 49 by the 2021 school year. Teaching classes in English requires educators to go through rigorous training. On Friday, Chang'an Elementary School held an open session to show prospective teachers how the System works.
3: And
2: this elementary school has brought the Taipei Zoo into the classroom as the teacher introduces all sorts of animals in English. During the class, some students recite phrases about visiting the zoo, while others glue pictures of animals to a zoo map. The classroom is a buzz with activity as if they were really at the zoo. Later, it's a class on making shadow puppets with their hands, conducted fully in English. Students place the boards on their desks and shine the light as the shadows over their hands take shape.
0: For you to wash your body.
2: This lively interactive method has attracted many a teacher looking to join the scheme. The city's Bilingual Education Office has said that as of this year, there are 28 elementary and junior high schools in Taipei that teach both in English and Mandarin. The office hopes that by next year, that number will rise to
1: 49. For the experimental bilingual classes to succeed, teacher training is very important. The teachers can join the scheme through the Department of Education's six channels for training. But currently, most of the teachers that join are already full-time
2: teachers at schools. Taipei hopes that offering bilingual education through the public school system can make the city's students more internationally competitive.
0: This month, a major design expo is showing off the latest and greatest nifty Taiwanese products. The expo features over 100 lifestyle items of all kinds, but one thing they have in common is Taiwanese flair. From household appliances like air purifiers and water coolers to sports glasses and socks, the expo has it all.
3: This painting can be opened up to play music on the stereo or to turn on the air purifier. Just nine centimeters deep, it's economic with space. These two-in-one sock shoes can be worn on a mountain hike or a swim in the sea and caught the eye of Taiwan's national tug-of-war team.
2: These socks are primarily for high-pressure sports. There's a band on the bottom which, under pressure, lifts up all the muscles in the arch of your foot and holds the core muscles in the sole of the foot together. This pair uses the simplest production processes. The band can be recycled and reborn as a shoe.
3: A consumer goods platform has teamed up with the Industrial Development Bureau to open this made-in-Taiwan design expo with over 100 products. There are eco-friendly bags and a cute notebook made of building blocks. These sports glasses can resist impact and scratches. And this stylish water dispenser was already a trend abroad before coming back for the Taiwan market.
2: The design is very minimalist, so we can use it in any space inside the home. It's very small and light, and it revolves around fashion and convenience. In the post-pandemic world, we want to revive the economy. We want Taiwanese people to choose Taiwanese products and products with the MIT Smile logo.
3: The Made in Taiwan Design Expo runs from November 4th to 25th. It's the place to go for all luxury design aficionados.
0: The Guandu Flower Carnival has kicked off at Taipei's Guandu Plain. Visitors can make their own flower art while they enjoy the colorful fields of zinnias, sunflowers, and cosmos. The blossoms will reach their peak next week. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang takes us on a quick tour.
4: The floral sea is 4.38 hectares this year, which is equivalent to 105 basketball courts. Guandu Flower Carnival is in its third year. The fields are covered with colorful cosmos, sulfur cosmos, zinnias, and sunflowers. The floral sea has expanded from 1.71 hectares in 2018 to 4.06 hectares in 2019 and 4.38 hectares this year. Although it was raining when we visited, many people still came to
3: take pictures and soak up the beautiful scenery. The colors are really well coordinated. I like the pinks and the whites. This is a clear and pristine environment. Environment, but the flowers aren't currently at their best.
0: 很特別,
3: this is very special. There are so many flowers in a rural area. It's really worth seeing. It's my first time here to see the flowers. Farmers used a broadcast sewing method to plant these flowers. The flowers will reach
4: full bloom between November 7th and
3: 16th. This year, we have species of cosmos. Yellow cosmos, white cosmos, and sunflowers and zinnias. Currently, the zinnias and cosmos are in bloom. Later on, we'll see more variety in the colors of the cosmos. Here, we've mainly planted green manure. After the flowers die, these green manure plants will be turned into the soil to provide nutrients. Besides enjoying the flowers, visitors can also try
4: out some free DIY activities. Online registration opened on October
3: 26th. We've planned eight events. Spots are limited, so in the past, these events have filled up quickly. So this year, we're trying something new. Registration opens every Monday for the DIY events coming up that Saturday and Sunday. There are two types of DIY events in total. One is floral DIY, which is using dried flowers to create bouquets. The other is creating a decoupage collage. U said that the best way to get to fields is by
4: bicycle. Visitors can ride along the Jilong Riverside bike path between Guandu and Shilin to Bashan Pumping Station. Once there, walk down the stairs to reach the fields. For those who don't have a bike, every Saturday and Sunday, trains will depart from Qilian MRT Station and Guandu MRT Station to take visitors directly to the fields. For most news, Stephanie Yang, Wu Dong Mao in Taipei.